hello hello my friends we are back at it with another episode i am so thankful and grateful to have you guys back at it again with me my name is jazz like the music or little mother whichever one you prefer (laughs) and you guys know that season two is mainly about you guys. I'm doing this podcast for y'all. And so this topic is from, and I might say this wrong, so I'm definitely going to leave all Instagram handles in my show notes. But this is from Yo Maestro. And he basically asked, What are some ways you can heal? And this came from an Instagram post. So anytime you guys do want to write me, I always write back. You know, my favorite thing is there's no such thing as a stranger. And my Instagram is L-I-L-D-M-U-V. Also, I have a fun surprise for everyone. Actually, two fun surprises. The first one is my podcast is officially available on all listening platforms. So whatever you love to listen on, I'm there. Whether it's Spotify, Amazon, Apple, the list goes on. So leave reviews, leave comments, rates. I love critique as much as I love love. (laughs) So, please, I read every single comment, and don't forget to message me. My second surprise is I do have a guest. And instead of me introducing her, I'm going to just allow her to introduce herself. I'm going to just allow her to have the spotlight right now. So, it's all on you. <laughs> the spotlight. <laughs> um, <laughs> my name is Jojo, also known as um, on Instagram. I'm, I'm a dancer. Um, I used to be a model, I guess. <laughs> um, I'm kind of like one of those... It's like they're undecided on like where where their life will go, but for sure, I'm a dancer. Yeah, that goes so much into our topic today. With heal in to heal out, it's almost ridiculous, especially about the undecided part, because it's basically like a spiritual journey. Don't you agree? Oh, a journey that never stops. (laughs) It's like, like where do you even begin? Like. How would you even describe your spiritual journey? Um, so, okay, well, first of all, healing is like my process. So it's not going to look like yours. It's not going to look like anybody else's, right? Um, so it takes like many shapes. It's really complex. So for me, that looks like therapy, um, setting goals, self-care, <laughs> putting myself first, um, 
you know, finding out what makes JoJo JoJo. Like, there's no real endpoint. Like, once I heal, there'll be something that comes along, and I have to heal that. So it's always like, it's it's a circle. So my journey is like a circle. Uh, you know what's so crazy? <laughs> I've, I'm like such a big advocate of you got to put yourself first. You have <laughs> to put yourself first because you cannot be helping anybody else if you just out here starving yourself. Like how everybody else will, but you're not. Like, exactly. <laughs> Like, you have to preserve so much energy for yourself. Like, ugh, it's really draining. So one thing I love that you brought up was therapy. I started therapy maybe. I don't do it right now, and I'm definitely going to get back into it, honestly. I did it two years ago. Maybe three, but I think it's two. And I'm going to be honest with you. It was the best decision of my life. And... I was kind of scared to jump into it, mainly because, you know, everybody labels something as a good or a bad, which I hate, but people try to put, you know, if you say, oh, I'm going to therapy, they're like, oh, what's wrong with you? It's like, I'm just trying to figure myself out. I'm trying to get all this stuff out of me so I don't have to put it on you. So, like, what made you, like, lean towards therapy? Was it like an awakening? You woke up or somebody, like, helped you? So I didn't start going to therapy until freshman year of college. So 2016. Ooh, let me get it. <laughs> okay, so um, MTSU, they do like this uh, scholars program. So you get the chance to uh, come on campus for two weeks before school starts, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm also working at the Boys and Girls Club at the time really like a few days before we like start our freshman year like my grandma passes and Mm -hmm. it kind of was just like a dang like I've never gotten to meet her like I never got the chance to meet her and I kind of like blamed myself for her death Mm -hmm. like so like I was blaming like my family as well because like they're they're the adults like I'm I'm an adult I'm not adult yet Yes, it's levels. <laughs> like, exactly. I'm just like, I'm more focused on myself. It's like, okay, I'm ready for me. Take care. And it was real, I felt real selfish. Feelings like I needed to go to therapy for. Um, I, my freshman year just wasn't. A freshman year like I, I stayed in my dorm like I didn't eat like it was bad so I had to go to therapy and and be like oof, I had to self-reflect like um but mine may be different I went through several therapists before I found like the person for me um the first person first therapist it was this lady she just it felt like I was just talking and she was just listening no feedback it was just you know, I was just another number, right? The second one, yeah. oh, I love her. I miss her so much, but due to COVID, you know, they could only do like six sessions with us before they could move me off to someone else. So now I'm like working with my therapist. Her name is Clarissa Wells. 
of Hope Pathway Therapy um, or mm-hmm. see Wells at Hope Pathway Therapy if anybody needs a therapist. But I just love her. I can be awkward with her. Like she reads me for filth. <laughs> <laughs> Drag me through the day. Yes, she drags me. And I'm like, oh, you're the only one. I'm going to let you talk to me like this. You're the only one. <laughs> but crazy. <laughs> like, but yeah, that's that's really my like story. What's um what's wild is how everybody finds therapy in like a different way. Because like <laughs> you went through like trials and errors, so you really know like and you went through different therapies, so you kinda even get different styles and ideas and everything like that, which is a blessing because the way I went into um my therapy journey was literally I was going through so much, which I do want to remember to bring up the death in the family thing because I have a story that relates so much back to it that I'm like, girl, are you me? <laughs> but <laughs> uh, the story with the therapy, I was just going through it. I was just like, oh my God, like, how do I cope with all these feelings? Because I'm one of those people, like, I feel things very intensely. It's no, it's just literally white and black with me. The gray area, I don't even think it exists. So, like, I feel stuff so extreme. I tell people I have high highs and low lows. So, one day I was low, girl. So, I'm calling all these. I found out my mom has um, insurance that covers therapy. You got to just do, like, a small copay compared to normal. So, I'm like, okay, cool. So, I'm calling around. And everybody was, like, busy because my hours at work were weird. So nobody was answering the phone. I'm leaving messages and everything like that. It was one therapist who I was playing phone tag with. And I'm like, oh, my God, I really want to, like, hear her up. It was to the point where we were talking through voicemail. Next thing you know, one day I had a complete breakdown. I'm crying. I'm just, like, boo-hoo. I'm driving, girl. And I'm like, forget it. I'm going to go straight to this therapist's office. I'm going to sit in there. I'm going to have a book. And I'm going to read until she at least walks out to see my face kind of thing. I Mm -hmm. sat there about two hours. I kid you not. Girl, I went through so many chapters of the book. She finally came out and sat down. I was like, girl. And I'm like, all right, hold on, girl. I'm going to cry. So then I cried. And then afterwards, I'm like, hey, girl, I'm Jazz. (laughs) And then after that, every therapy session, I started out crying. But it was just like, it was Mm -hmm. crazy because it was. She gave me homework. She listened to me. She understood. And it was just like, I think I had to go through my trials and errors to find her kind of thing. And when COVID hit, I basically had to do it online. And for some reason, something about being online was so different for me that it kind of faded out. Mm-hmm. Younger, See, I was- journey. It was. You do? Yeah, because like in person. Okay, so I, I kind of have. Of people, so like the therapist is like, I really like it's not everything. So, like, it's online, it's like I can turn the camera off, like, have to see me. It's like, just listen, like, I don't know, it's so different. It's like you, it makes you more vulnerable when the camera's off, kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly. See, I can understand that, though. Because, you know, it's like different styles and everything. Because I feel more connected in person. So you can probably feel like more 
like I feel more vulnerable and connect, connected in person. You probably feel more vulnerable and connected through, you know, being able to just be a voice where they don't have to judge or outside, just hear myself, if that makes sense. Exactly. Okay, so I got this really, really, really good question. I just want to know, because let me say, okay, I'm going to ask the question. I'm going to do a little side note on the question. So the question is, what is harder to heal through? Friendships or relationships or like, you know, siblings, like when you're arguing with your family. Because like for me, in the, um, I have an episode and it's called Surviving Sisterhood. And I was talking about, I was rating, you know, those three different things, relationship, friendships, and um, um, family in order of how they relate to me. And I put friendships first, mainly because I don't choose my friends. You know, I mean, I choose my friends. I don't choose my family. Sometimes I do stuff for my family just because I have to, you know? And in relationships, you got that feelings thing, that heart where you really can't help it sometimes who you fall in love with. But friends, they got that, op- they don't even have an obligation to you where you're like, okay, I'm still gonna deal with you. I'm still gonna argue with you, but we're still great. We're gonna hang out and it's no kind of like benefit besides happiness. So like for me, it's harder to heal through friendships because it's like, you chose me, but now you're not choosing me. It's not the feelings, it's not the blood. It's like, it cut deep because you actually chose me just because I'm me. So like, how does that, how would you feel? Which one affects you more? Um, and the latter, it's um, friendship, family, and then relationships. So for me, the hardest one to heal is family. Because um, away from them, you can, like you said, you can choose them. On, I don't know, something about family, they've known since you were little, they've seen you grow, and it's kind of harder for them to accept, like, so it's like they're kind of like, oh well, this is just who I am. You have to deal with it, dealing with it for such amount of years. Like, how do you unpack all of that, or like tell them like now it's an issue? You know, that is. Oh, I love. I really, really love the way you put that because honestly, anybody I've ever gave that ladder to, they agree with me. They've never gave me like a different point of view. And, like, that's probably, like, one of the biggest things to actually even heal from, too, is, like, who you were and trying to, it's so easy when somebody say, oh, you're this, you're this, just to become this, even if you were that in the past, you know what I mean? And so with family, they could be so used to seeing you as one thing that they keep saying it, that you just become that, Mm. that you really heal through it in a way and standing your truth to be able to be like this is me and it goes back to where you said you got to know Jojo you got to know Jojo to know and to be able to stand in, in front of family especially who've known you since you were little to be able to say oh no that's not me that used to be me but this is mm-hmm. me now 
And that's a good way to put it. I've never thought about it that way. Trust me, like I had to go through so much, especially even like with therapy, like family's like, why do you need to go to therapy? And, you know, they're asking me questions like, wanted me to open up and like I haven't even told them some of the things like I've talked about in therapy but I want to do family therapy with them since they're stuck in their ways like how do I like introduce it to them like when I'm in that same like in that same space Mm. so like you're the only one are you saying like you're the only one that's like super open to being in like um therapy yes like okay so background like they're not really into they kind of like well my mom's generation they depression or anxiety they just say oh "Oh, you'll get over it just go to god you know i just hate when they say that (laughs) like i'm so glad you brought that up (laughs) i'm so glad you brought that up because i hear about um, especially like African backgrounds all the time, but I never, you know, know, you know, nobody ever really talks about it. You only hear it online or anything like that, that I'm glad to hear that it's actually true. And it's not just like, you know, so what made you, I mean, so is anybody else, do you have any siblings, like brothers or sisters? I have two other sisters. Um, I'm the youngest, um, we started off as like close and then as we started like getting older you know changing environments um like I don't know something just switched like we just like I'm close with one sister and then the other sister I'm not only because like I don't know something's wrong <laughs> not, <laughs> something's not wrong with her, like but that. <laughs> she, she's she's a Scorpio I'm an Aries and then my other sister she's a Virgo so she she's the the Scorpio, she's the, what do you call it? The, I don't want to say the black sheep or the problem child because we still love her. It's just, <laughs> I don't know what it is. We're just not close. Like we're trying to, but. Whew. It's just mm. a different dynamic, basically. Exactly. <laughs> like, mm. Which, happy belated birthday because Aries season's just passed. You, you know, the best season, okay. you know. <laughs> I always got to shout it out, okay? <laughs> but, like, um, okay, so to bring it back to back to the first side note, how mm-hmm. we were talking about death, it is so wild because um, death, okay, to tell you guys a little bit about myself, um, there has been, of course, deaths around me, like, you know, uns cousins or something like that right and my family or mom or somebody would tell me but I never realized that I just you know I said oh okay I get you but I never understood I I get what they were saying but I never felt them because nobody around me that I was actually literally close to died you know <clears throat> so it literally happened last year was my first ever experience with death and my father has a lot of kids and my old one of my sisters died she had pancreatic cancer for a very long time Mm. and 
it was so crazy because to make a very long story short, I didn't find out until, so she passed away on a Saturday. I didn't find out until Friday, her funeral was Saturday because my dad wanted to tell me, but he knows how emotional I am. He didn't know how to tell me. It was just like breaking his heart to like tell me. And then finally he worked up the courage and I'm driving and he was just like calling me in this emergency and he was just like, your sister passed away. And I was just like, wait, what? And it was just a different experience. Like I, I'm one of those people, like if somebody talking, I can kind of feel what they saying. Like I can be like, oh my God, this is making me sad too. Like I'm gonna cry with you. But like to actually experience death, like to hear about it and experience is two different things. And like, I couldn't like function. I thought I could. I'm one of those people like I'll, well, I'm not going to say I'm like that anymore, but I'm still working through it. <clears throat> but I would make myself busy in order to not think about anything. And I yep, think I'm same. Like I will work, like I'm such, I'm probably one of the hardest workers I know. Because sometimes I do work through my problems. And so literally the day of the funeral, I'm calling my job. I've never called out before. I'm calling my job like, um, hey, I don't know how to call out, but my sister died. Do I need a note? And they're like, no, go. And I'm like, okay. I go there. It was the most overwhelming experience. I'm crying. My head hurt. I didn't even know. I've never been to a funeral. I didn't even realize it. It's crazy how sometimes you could be in a situation and never realize. Like, you'd be like, how did I get here? And they end up saying, you know, friends and family come over here. Or no, family, I think. They just said, come over here. I didn't know what they were doing. I didn't even know we were going to see her, her body or anything. So I'm just like, basically having a panic attack. I haven't had a panic attack in years. It was so much. Even the next day, I tried to go back to work. No one I shouldn't have. Went back to work. And, like, they were like, dude, you're out of it. My eyes were swollen. And one of my friends literally drove up to the job and was told my boss, she's going to Atlanta with me. She needs to be around family. Because you got to think, I didn't want to be around. Everybody who I could be around was crying already. Or they was already dealt with it. I just found out the day before the funeral so I'm still feeling the firsthand emotions where y'all had a week to. So exactly. it was so much. I've never felt like that before. I was just, I felt out of control that I just wanted to be an autopilot, which was work. So then when my friend took me to Atlanta, she took me around her family. She showed me love. Her family showed me love. We played games. And I only stayed there for one night and came back. But it made me feel better. And... It's moments where I still, you know, feel down about it. I'm still upset about it. I'm upset with myself about it, too, because I was working so hard, even through her having, you know, cancer and everything. I could have been there more. But at the same time, my dad always told me, don't blame yourself. And it's mm. so hard not to blame myself because I'm the queen of self-sabotage. I was isolated. I was shut down. And I've that's one thing that I'm working towards. People look at me and think I'm like, you know, 100% perfect. I love to tell people my struggles so they can understand like, I struggle, but I smile. Mm -hmm. And like, even like, it was crazy because even yesterday morning, I had a random morning. I'm so glad we brought this up. 
it's in the morning I had a random moment where I broke down and cried. I'm just like, oh my God, I literally missed my sister. This is around the town kind of thing. And it was crazy that, you know, this conversation even centered back to it. So how did you even deal with your death? Um, so I'm like the same way with you with death. Like I'm going to like work so I, I can ignore it. Right. But the thing about ignoring it or avoiding it, you're still focusing on it. Like it's still, if you have to run away from something or you're avoiding something, you're still focusing on it. So like when I don't have work anymore, that's when all of it would hit me. And then just like you said, you're down bad. That's how it would happen to me. So I would be working, working, working. Then it hits me and then I'm down bad. Then I'll try to work again. So it's, it. that's how I knew I needed therapy, honestly. Um, when like my patterns start to change, I'm starting to change. Um, people all around me are noticing that it's like I'm changing. Um, but like death, I don't I'm awkward with death. I don't go to funerals. Um, like I can't, I can't be in the same room with other people crying. Like it's just, it's real personal for me, especially like, I didn't know, like, I don't know most of the people who died in my family. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, the only person I feel like I was close to with was my grandma. Um, my dad passed when I was little, my aunt passed when I was little, so it didn't really affect me too much, but, um, when someone does, like, die close to me, I kind of, like, I'm kind of already, like, preparing for it in a way, Mm -hmm. so, like, that way, I know I don't get back into that headspace of, like, let me work, let me work, let me work, um, and just feel it so that way it doesn't sneak up back on me. So, like, do you, Okay, it's so crazy because, like, I've seen so many Instagram posts or memes before, and it was talking about, which I'm not going to say it, like, verbatim. It's something along the lines of talking about how, um, like, the Black culture overworked herself to basically mm-hmm. hide emotion and stuff like that. Do you really feel like that's true? Because I even hear it in your you know what you're saying I'm I feel it because I know I do it myself and I know so many people do you feel like it's true I think so I think it's more like a what do you call it like a like a defense is it defense mechanism like we don't want to feel that pain so that way we just try to push through it work through it so that way we don't have to deal with it or have to like actually feel it I think that's what we're running away from is like the feeling part. Um, Cause when we have to feel it, then we have to recognize like, okay, this is true. Like the death really happened. I have to face it now. What am I going to do? Like, how do I gather myself? Like there's so much to like that comes with it. So it's better to just work or avoid it. So that way they don't have to deal with it. It's almost like, I read this little thing as well, too, talking about, like, how we don't even know how to be bored. We always try to preoccupy time, no matter what, whether it's, like, you know, we just can't just sit. That's why a lot of people don't even like to read, because reading takes Mm. all of you. You can't look at your phone and read, but you can watch TV and read. You know what I mean? You can listen to a podcast and, like, be on your phone. But reading is one, one of the things that people really hate. And it's only because you can't multitask with reading. You cannot. 
you can't have your brain anywhere else. You need your brain to show what you're reading to like make it visual and everything like that. And honestly, correct me if I'm wrong, but we're, we multitask 24 seven. We don't even know how to like lay in bed to go to sleep without thinking about what we're going to wear, what we're going to do the next day or, you know. Mm. I mean, I feel like with healing, like that, that's also like, for instance, like I have a friend who she's like, she's always on the go. Right. Mm -hmm. Or, um, she deals with people who's always on the go or I don't want to say like <laughs> she likes toxic people um so like when she makes new friends and they're like peaceful they're not all about that she's like oh they're boring or you know and I'm just like no they're they're peaceful like <laughs> it's not there's no toxic there's no toxic you're not having to fight with them there's no problems like like, how does she grow out of that? That's why I feel like she needs to, like, heal on that part. Like, the whole sitting board. I feel like in relationships, like, she has to, like, be okay with peace. I think, I think with that, it's hard because it's crazy. Because I said, oh, I said the most craziest thing the other day and it blew my mind, right? And I'm going to say it again. So, you know the saying, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink it. Mm -hmm. So everybody say that all the time. But we never thought about what if the, wa what if the horse just drunk some water like five minutes ago? Mm. Or what if the horse isn't thirsty right now? And what if it's going to be thirsty in like 10 days? So we can plant the seed but it gotta grow whenever. Like I have this homeboy, I promise you, I have told him to live life, have fun. All he does is work. I'm like, yes, go to work, but afterwards go to the park, go to a bar, have fun, meet new people. Don't have your day so routine that I can tell you what you're doing at every time of the day. And I swear, I told him this three years ago. He is just now learning this today. And every time he say this, I just, be, I just be like, I don't even say I told you. So I listen to him and I evaluate. And then this last conversation is when I said that, lead the horse to water reference. And I was like, dang, I got to take my own advice because you just got to listen to people. But sometimes mm -hmm. you do got to plant it slowly. You can plant the garden. You don't have to plant just one plant. You can plant a garden but don't expect it to grow immediately. Mm -hmm. And that's the hardest thing because I know if you care about your friend and everything or care about anybody, you want it to be immediate. Like mm -hmm. one thing about me, if I'm even arguing with anybody, I want to fix it immediate. And it's so hard for me to understand that people's mindset is that they need us to sit and think about it, then fix it later. And so it's just a, understanding of what that person's used to she's probably used to not saying toxic but you know toxic stuff mm -hmm. that even normal scare her that it's gonna take 20 normals mm -hmm. to cancel out even one toxic or it's gonna take that one big normal to like you know shook her a little bit 
and she lose that person and then it's gonna rattle her and then she's gonna be drinking water like hey I'm thirsty mm. but in my opinion as long as you're planting the seeds you're being a good ass friend and that's all you really can do I, I definitely agree I feel like like what you said like it's not gonna ho- happen overnight right mm-hmm. like that's what okay my uh my therapist said the same thing to me she was like she asked me like do you feel like you're healing and I was just like I think so and she was like you have to just look at you know what you've been doing like what have you act- actively been doing like how are your emotions like when I first met you you know, you were working from an anxiety mindset and now your your feelings have decreased and you're working from like a clear mindset. Like I have new behaviors, new habits that's have formed and you may not feel like you're growing, but I want you to notice these things. Like Rome wasn't built in a day. Like, so like when you said plant the seed and like it takes time for you to see it, like, yes, you may not feel like you're growing or you know, I may not feel like my friend is like actively doing things, but through those toxic like encounters or she may even get over, like, you know, be over her own shit, you know, mm-hmm. and, you know, she'll eventually start growing. So I think that's really important. I think it is too. I definitely agree with that. Like, definitely. I do want to ask you one more question before we wrap things up. Um, you had mentioned one of the things is, you know, how like you isolate and everything like that, or like you notice your patterns. <laughs> and so I know like one of my patterns is I do, I'm a clean freak. I don't, I love to keep my home clean. <clears throat> and so once it gets to a certain le- level of dirtiness, I'm like, okay, hold on what's going on with me (laughs) or if I'm not eating I'm like okay what's going on I'm starting to lose weight I'm already extra small I can't afford anything more (laughs) so like I always you know that's like you know two examples of habits that I look at myself so what are your like some habits or patterns that you look at yourself when you notice you're you need to start healing um for one well recently I've noticed like dance right Mm -hmm. like when I'm in my head or you know I'm too focused on like one thing I'm like my my momentum and like like it dies down like I no longer want to dance anymore I just want to be stuck in the bed and that kind of ties like into my zodiac sign like Aries we love a challenge we love um you know, fast moving, we're impulsive. So that's when I noticed like, okay, Joe, you're no longer yourself anymore. You no longer want to dance. Like it's time for you to get up, girl. Like <laughs> that's hard. <laughs> exactly. I'm just like, okay, you need to check in. Like what is going on? And like another one, what is another one? Um Mm. I remember you did say to eat in the one. We definitely related on that one. Oh, yeah. Eat. <laughs> <laughs> so it's weird. So, like, now that I'm on, like, my antidepressants, like, mm-hmm. it's my eating, so I no longer, like, want to eat as much. Mm-hmm. But I used to be, like, a 
like a eater. It don't matter what time of the day. It'll be late at night. My friend will call me like, he, you eating? I'm like, shut up. Like, <laughs> like nighttime is where like I'm actively like thinking the most. So that also means like I'm actively like, um, like over worried. So mm-hmm. I'm eating, eating, eating. So I'm like, okay, Joe, like you just bought groceries. Now you ain't got that many groceries. What's going on? Like, and I'm just like, wow, I'm eating for no reason. And I had to like check myself, like, are you hungry? Or are you just worried? Like, mm. what's crazy is like, you know how we were just talking about like how we um, got to sit with ourselves and like it's hard to be bored and everything like that. <laughs> it's like, that's why we overthink the most at night is because. In the morning time, majority time, we have errands, we have stuff to do, we have work, we have plans, we have to do this and that. But at night, it's supposed to be a time where we're supposed to relax. And relaxing is hard when you want to overschedule and when you want to run away from your thoughts. When laying in the bed is supposed to be one of the most peaceful times where you just sit still. So, it's crazy to think about it like that. But... You know me, I'll ramble on and on and on. So <laughs> <laughs> I do want you to shout out anybody you want to shout out real quick. Here's a bigger spotlight on anybody you want to put a spotlight on, girl. Yes. Okay. Um, I want to shout out uh, my friend Jorge. Um, he makes shea butters for your hair, skin, Um you can find his information at underscore scent life. Um, life is spelled L Y F E. Um, I also want to shout out Kai uh, with frequency underscore beauty. Um, she sells lip glosses, lipsticks, lip scrubs, with um, shea butter, uh, blotting papers, all of the above. Um, my friend Journey, she does hair um, in the Murfreesboro area right now. Um, it's Luminous with two S's underscore styles. Um, she focuses on like braids, locks. Um, she can do it all. Um, <laughs> and lastly, I want to shout out my cousin. Her name is Haja. Um, you can find her at Get Wasted, as in like your waist. Um, w. M-A-N-T-E-E and she gets um, uh, waist beads so you know you're going to have your skin looking nice and you also going to have waist beads on this summer period yes, for the summertime and one thing about one of the um, ladies that she mentioned Kai will definitely be on one of the episodes so please stay tuned and look out for her and lastly my girl, you have to shout yourself out. Please give your Instagram out. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, so it's <laughs> underscore madam, M-A-D-A-M, Joe underscore. <laughs> Isn't that cute? Madam and mama. <laughs> <laughs> so you guys, thank you so, so much for lending me your ears. And again, you can find me on Instagram at L-I-L-M-U-V-A Lamova and please write me or let me know anything you want to hear and again I am available on all listening platforms thank you <laughs>